Hello again. This is session two and it's really taken from the prophet Isaiah chapter 53. And Isaiah begins this redemption chapter with the question, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The report follows that Jesus bore our sins and our sickness. So if we think about the prophet's question, who has believed? Well, only those who've heard the report could believe it because faith comes by hearing. And since Jesus died in the place of every human, it is worth reporting and everyone needs to hear it so they can benefit. In verses four and five of this redemption chapter, Isaiah reveals that Jesus suffered as our substitute for our sickness, our pains and our sufferings, our sins, our iniquities and wickedness, our peace and our healing. And we would have to misquote the Bible to exclude ourselves from any of these blessings. So let's read all of that passage. That's Isaiah 53 verses 1 through to 6 and I'm taking it from the Passion Translation because that translation makes it particularly clear. Who has truly believed our revelation? To whom will Yahweh reveal his mighty arm? He sprouted up like a tender plant before the Lord, like a root in parched soil. He possessed no distinguishing beauty or outward splendour to catch our attention. Nothing special in his appearance to make us desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of deep sorrows who was no stranger to sufferings and grief. We hid our faces from him in disgust and considered him a nobody, not worthy of respect. Yet he was the one who carried our sicknesses and endured the torment of our sufferings. We viewed him as one who was being punished for something he himself had done, as one who was struck down by God and brought low. But it was because of our rebellious deeds that he was pierced, and because of our sins that he was crushed. He endured the punishment that made us completely whole, and in his wounding we found our healing. Like wayward sheep, we have all wandered astray. Each of us has turned from God's paths and chosen our own way. Even so, Yahweh laid the guilt of every sin upon him. The prophet Isaiah was writing this some 700 years before Jesus was crucified. Yet it gives a remarkable insight into what Jesus' sacrifice on the cross accomplished. He identified completely with the condition of fallen humanity, with the disfigured and those who think there is nothing attractive about them. 
those who feel despised and rejected, those whose lives have been full of sorrow and suffering, with the sick and the sinners who deserve the punishment that was inflicted on Jesus instead. That is why the cross is at the heart of the Christian gospel. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and come short of God's standards, including all those who, in this world, people would say these are good people. You see, we can't earn our way back to a relationship with God, but Jesus died in our place taking all of the punishment, all of our blame, all of our shame and all of our sickness. Hallelujah. Because of what Jesus has done, all who believe in, trust in and rely on him can receive all the blessings that Jesus deserves. We can be forgiven, totally accepted by God, with no shame, no blame. Isn't that good news? For those of you that know something of this Isaiah scripture, there are two Hebrew words, choli, C-H-O-L-I, and makob, M-A-K-O-B, in Isaiah 53 and verse 4. And some translations of the Bible have got these inaccurately as griefs and sorrows. But if we take the time to examine the original text, we find what is widely acknowledged, that these two words mean respectively sicknesses and pains elsewhere throughout the Old Testament. I could give you a list of places um, where these are translated as such. However, there's many uh, standard Bible commentaries for additional testimony on this point. But the very best commentary comes in the Bible itself in Matthew 8 verses 16 to 17 which in the New King James Version is translated like this. This is Jesus. Jesus cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. This is an inspired commentary on this fourth verse of Isaiah 53, plainly declaring that the prophet refers to bodily ailments and therefore the word cholly, sickness, must be read literally in Isaiah. It was the same Holy Spirit who inspired this verse that quotes it in Matthew as the explanation of Jesus Christ using his power to heal the body. We know that the Holy Spirit is not going to make a mistake when he quotes his own predictions. Glory to God.
if you have uh, studied the scripture, you'll know that there's a translator called Dr. Young um, who translated, he produced a, a literal translation of the Bible. And um, if you care to look up the way he's translated this higher uh, Isaiah passage, he makes it clear that this is, he's talking about sickness here as well. In the fourth verse of Isaiah 53, the word translated carried away or born is actually NASA, N-A-S-A, and it means to lift up, to bear away, to convey, or to remove to a distance. And this is a Levit Levitical priesthood word, and it's applied to the scapegoat that bore away the sins of the people. In Leviticus 16, verse 22, it says, the goat shall bear, that's Nessa, upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited, and he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. So we can see that Jesus bore my sins and my sickness away without or outside the camp in the New King James Version. Um, he bore them on the cross. He bore both sin and sickness and they've passed from me to Calvary. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 13 makes this clear. Salvation and health have passed from Calvary to me. Hallelujah. That's good news. Again, in the fourth verse of the redemption chapter, the Hebrew word for born, nasa, and carried, sabal, are both the same as are used in the 11th and 12th verses of the substitutionary bearing of sin. He shall bear, sabal, carry, their iniquities, and he bear, nasa, the sin of many. Both these words signify to assume as a heavy burden, to denote actual substitution and a complete removal of the thing born. So when Jesus bore our sins and our sicknesses and our pains, he bore them away, he removed them, and both these words mean substitution, one bearing another's load. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, we can see that disease and sickness were a part of the curse. But Galatians 3 and verse 13 declares, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Since Jesus Christ in his sacrificial death bore our sicknesses, Matthew 8 verse 17, the same as he bore our sins, 1 Peter 2.24, then the fact is settled by the scriptures that the sick have the same right to be healed in their bodies 
as the sinful have to be healed in their spirits. The word bore in Matthew 8 verse 17 implies substitution, suffering for, not sympathy as in suffering with. So, if Christ has borne our sicknesses, why should we bear them? We can now say, based on Isaiah 53 verse 4, Surely he has borne my sickness, my weakness, my distress, my grief, and carried my sufferings and pains. Every good thing we receive from God flows from our relationship with him well well this has been maybe quite a heavy section because i want to give a firm foundation from the scripture but now we've laid that foundation we can go on and if you want to investigate it i've given you the means of doing that but in the next sessions I will show you how we can be really confident that God wants to heal us. I will emphasise how the Bible gives us certainty that it is the will of God to heal all who come to him for healing. Bless you.